the disciples, the 12 ordinary men, fishermen, tax collectors, zealots who were at war with tax collectors, people that you don't really know, like um, Bartholomew and Thaddeus, two disciples that I just love their names, but they usually only have one mention, Bart and, and Thad, all right? Bart and Thad, they were part of the 12. We'll meet them in heaven, amen? Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem, they came to a city called Bethphage to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus sent two of his disciples saying to them, go into the village in front of you. And immediately you will find a donkey tied in a colt with her. Untie them and, and bring them to me. If anyone says to you, you shall say, and he will send them at once. Now this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet saying, say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you humble and mounted on a donkey, right? This is the fulfillment. 500 years previous, these words would be written. Jesus is now living them on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. Maybe that would be your word today. Do what Jesus directs you to do, and you'll be a part of something miraculous. Um, they brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, and Jesus sat on them. Now, most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. That's where the palm of Palm Sunday comes from. We don't know that it was a palm tree, but in our Americanized mind, let's just go ahead and call them palm trees, amen? Um, they cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road, and the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting something. The crowds were going before Jesus. The crowds were behind Jesus. The crowds were to the left of Jesus. The crowds were to the right of Jesus. And they were saying one thing, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In other words, Lord, save us. Deliver us. But not just a casual salvation. We need the highest salvation. We need you to deliver us, set us free, change the direction of our lives, impact our destiny, take us from one place to the next. I need to be brought from death to life. I need an encounter with God. I need to be delivered and set free. That's the type of praise that they were praising. praising. Jesus comes in on the donkey. He doesn't come in on a white horse, but he will because he is the Lord. But in this case, he is humble. Amen. He's coming in as the humble Savior. Isaiah 53 says there's not going to be anything that's attractive about him. He's come to die on a cross. He lived a carpenter's life, but a sinless life. And he is powerful enough to save. And that's what they're praising and shouting here today. And so Jesus now enters on the donkey into Jerusalem, the holy city. The whole city was stirred up, saying, who is this? The crowd said, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. I want to just pause really quick there because they missed it. He's not just a prophet. He is the king of kings. They said, oh, yes, this is the prophet. No, he is the risen king. He is the Lord. He is the prophetic word from Zechariah. It says there's going to be a king that comes into Jerusalem. But let's keep on reading. And Jesus entered the temple. Right? Jesus doesn't acknowledge the palm tree wavers. He says, I'm here with an agenda. What's his agenda? Watch out. I'm going into the temple. The whole city stirred up. What's going to happen? 
Jesus enters the temple. He drove out all who sold and bought in the temple. The Gospel of John says he flipped over tables gangsta Jesus. Come on. Get this table up. I'm not going to do it, all right? Got my iPad on that. Sold and bought in the temple. He was... They were selling sacrifices as if you could buy your forgiveness. That's a false, erroneous view. And Jesus says, that's not what, what, what should be happening in my father's house. I'm going to let you guys know that. He overturned the tables of the money changers. So there was the people that, the, 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 the ATM machines are like, oh yeah, you don't got any money? Well, maybe we can trade something, you know, maybe you, maybe you can borrow something and pay it back like fivefold, you know, and then buy yourself a pigeon to sacrifice for your sin. And Jesus is like, you, you are in the temple of God trying to use it for your own gain. May it never be. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. And here's what he said to them. Are you ready? Read it with me off the screen. One, two, three. It is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. And so we see into the heart of Jesus here, don't we? And as I was studying this Palm Sunday message flow, I couldn't escape those nine words. My house shall be called a house of prayer. And I don't want Jesus to come up in the room today and say, you guys are missing why you're even here today. I want him to feel at home in his house. Jesus is so passionate when it comes to prayer. Right? That, that the power of God rests on a praying church. Charles Spurgeon once said it like this. The prince of preachers once put it like this. He said, if God be near a church, it must pray. I don't know about you, but I want God to be near this church. Amen. And if he be not there, one of the first tokens of his absence will be a slothfulness in prayer. So, so I want us to, to enter into this time and say, God, be near us today. Have your way among us. And he says, I'll be near if you come to me in prayer. And that's why we've decided to turn Palm Sunday into a prayer Sunday so that we can get all of our hearts right with him and pray about the things that matter. This needs to be a house of prayer. And I praise God that it is. An author and pastor um, named Jim Cimbalo wrote an awesome book called Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. And he pastors a church in Brooklyn who has an amazing prayer meeting. And he once said it like this. He says, does the Bible ever say anywhere from Genesis to Revelation, my house shall be called a house of preaching? Does it ever say, my house shall be a house of music? Of course not. The Bible does not say, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Preaching music, the reading of the word, these things are fine. I believe in and practice all of them. But they must never override prayer as the defining mark of God's dwelling. The honest truth is that I have seen God do more in people's lives during 10 minutes of real prayer than in 10 of my sermons. That's humbling for me, right? I could be tempted to think this is the most important part of the service. But when God steps in, that's where the power is, church family. When you have a move from God, and maybe you leave here today and you go to a restaurant, and you say, what was the word about today? You say, I don't know, but God moved. 
That's enough right there. The Lord moved in my life and I'm changed because of it. So I want us to pray today. Not in a spooky or weird or crazy way. Uh, Not in a boring or dull or dry way. But in a way that Jesus instructed us to do in the gospel of Matthew. Once upon a time, the disciples approached Jesus and said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Aren't you glad we got the answer to that question? We got somebody. Hey, if one person claps, come on, church. We all clap. We all clap. Let's go ahead and turn our attention right now to Matthew chapter 6. And let us hear from the Lord himself on how we should pray. Jesus answers the questions of the disciples when they said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And here's what he says. He says, well, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven. You guys want to read it with me? Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. This is also known as the Lord's Prayer. This is his direction on how we ought to pray. I like how a pastor out of Chicago named Bill Hybels once said it. He said, the Lord's Prayer is an excellent model, but it was never intended to be a magical incantation to get God's attention. Jesus gave this prayer as a pattern to suggest the variety of elements that should be included when we pray. And so what we've done as a team is we've looked at this prayer in Matthew 6 and we've broken it up into four different components. And we're going to walk through each one of those components and they're going to lead us into an intentional time of prayer this morning. In Matthew chapter 6 verse 9, Jesus says, Our Father in heaven hallowed be your name hallowed be your name the word hallowed means completely set apart there's nothing like it it's in a class of its own it's the highest rank jesus starts off this prayer by saying father come on right you got to know god is father right it's the hebrew word abba It's the word that children would refer to their father as. They would say, Abba, Abba, Father, Dad. Jesus says we should kick off our prayers by saying, Father, in heaven. He's beyond this time frame. He's not limited to our time and space. He is our heavenly Father. And he says, I just want to start by setting your name apart from every other name alive. So I want us to kick our time of prayer off. Our prayer focus, number one, is simply this, adoration. Adoration. I once heard it put that all true and right praying begins with adoration, begins with praise, begins by blessing his name, begins by changing our focus from our failures to his victories right? It's not about me. Don't just start your prayer off by, Lord, bless me. Help me. I need more for me. Start off by getting your heart right by saying it's all about you, and you're big enough. You're strong enough. You're God enough. You are everything. So now, because I know that, I can bring my needs to you. We got to adore his name, praise his name, bless his name, bless the Lord. 
The psalmist once told his own soul, soul in there, bless the Lord. Don't bless somebody else. Bless the Lord. And everything else will flow out of that. Psalm 100 verse 4. If you can't remember, just remember 100. Keep it 100. Psalm 100 verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Look, that means don't just start praising when you get here and the praise song starts. You're supposed to enter in praising. Start out with praise. Look, exclamation points. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. That's what true praying looks like. Jesus says, start with praise. Start by lifting up his name. Bless the Lord. I want us to do that right now. Our worship team is going to lead us into a time of praise. And in this time, I want you to feel free. All right? In the Lord's house, there's freedom. And when the sun sets you free, say it with me, you'll be free indeed. And Lord, we adore you. I've realized I, I only use that word during Christmas time. Oh, come let us adore him. That's the Easter song. That's, that's a March 25th song. We need, to, we need to start off our prayers with that song. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. God, we worship your name. His holy name. Amen. Jesus continues in his prayer. Matthew 6, verse 10, he says, Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus gives us our second prayer topic here today. He, I believe he moves from adoration uh, to location. He, he, he goes from, from up here to right down here with us, doesn't he? I love it. He says, he says, your kingdom come. Jesus prays kingdom prayers and praise God because he's the king of the kingdom. I, I'm so glad that we can take our kingdom prayers and send them directly to the king himself. I mean, wouldn't that be cool if you could just talk with the king and make your request known and actually know that the king would listen? We say, your kingdom come. And, and not just that, but your will be done. Not my will. Not your will. But your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, we want to see uh, reflections of heaven make, start making its way into our city. When I think about location, I think about three different places. I think about our city right here. Our current location is Las Vegas. And I know that we have some visitors here in the room today, and I just want to say thank you for joining us. You're welcome here, and I pray that you take Walk Church back with you wherever it is that you go and keep us in your hearts and prayers. Uh, but our city right here today is Las Vegas. That's the first part of our location. The second part goes a little bit further, right, to our nation, right, the United States of America. That's where we live. And we go even beyond that into our world. And I believe that when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, our earth is made up with the world, with our nation, with our city, and that's what we're praying for here today. I want to start off this time of prayer by praying for our city. We live in an amazing city. If you were to ask me, I would say we live in the greatest city in the whole entire world. 
I love the city of Las Vegas. 42 million people visit Las Vegas every single year. That's second behind New York City. We have the most visited city behind New York in, in our country and close to in the whole entire world. God sends the nations to our city. This is an important place. 2.6 million people live in Las Vegas. I love when I travel and go to different places. They're like, so you live in a hotel on the strip, right? I'm like, come on, are you crazy? Right? Like, what? And yes, I do. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, right? Um, no, absolutely. Right? We, we have a, a city that has 2.6 million people in it. That's a lot of people to cross paths with every single day. Now, here's what I want you to hear. 92% of that 2.6 million don't have a relationship with Jesus and don't go, don't go to church. Right? So nine of the 10 people that you pass in Walmart later could care less about what we did this morning. And that's an issue for me because I have a heart for this city. I have a heart for the people in this city. Maybe you work in a specific, maybe you work in real estate and you're continuously showing people homes. I hope you have a heart for those people moving here. Maybe you work at a restaurant and you continuously take people's orders and bring people out their food. And even sometimes you get the disgruntled people like me and you're like, hey, I asked you to, you know, not do that, right? But I hope that in those moments you have a heart for those people, right? And, 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 and maybe you work in the sports atmosphere. Come on, is anybody excited about sports in Las Vegas? Is that just me? Come on, I, I'm gonna clap for that. I'll be by myself. I grew up here. I've always waited for a professional team to cheer for, right? I may not have been a Raiders fan, but today I am, all right? Yep, don't, no shame, right? And I'm praying for their team. I'm praying for their athletes. There's a reason why we support an awesome ministry here in Las Vegas, FCA, Fellowship Christian Athletes, led by one of our awesome members, Rick Strasser, right? And we, Rick and I got to meet with one of the chaplain ladies from the new WNBA team that's moving here to Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Aces. And we're able to be a part of that chaplaincy time. We got the Las Vegas Lights, a professional soccer team, and one of their representatives part of our church family, the Vegas Golden Knights. Come on, right? Yeah. We can talk about that in church. I hope we do, right? Like the whole world can talk about it, but in church, we can't pray about it. I, absolutely. We need to be praying for God to move in the atmosphere, move in T-Mobile arena, move into the locker rooms, move into those board meetings, right? I'm just praying for the NBA to come next. Join with me on that, right? A major league baseball team. God's moving people to this city. Maybe for the purpose of getting people connected with the church. What if we prayed about it? Like, what if we prayed, not just thank you for sending us a team, but connect them with your church. We got an amazing university. UNLV one of, is, is, is voted as the, the most diverse university in America is in our city. We have the most diverse multicultural college in the country right up the street. Did you know that? God did that. God did that. And we got some amazing college students right here in our church, and young adults and athletes. One of the things that, that, that burdens me, that, that, that broke my heart recently, is I saw that Las Vegas is number 49 on a list of 50 when it comes to education systems. That we have the second to worst education 
system in America. And here's why that bothers me, because we, I know teachers in our city that are awesome, that are amazing, that are part of our church. And I just want to give it up for educators in our city right now. Because that, that number doesn't reflect, that doesn't reflect who our city really is. And I grew up in the public school system here in Las Vegas. Now maybe that says something about me, all right? <laughs> but but I, I, think that, I think that we have an amazing school district. The CCSD is amazing. And no one's going to say a bad word about it in front of me. Because I do believe it. And I believe teachers right here at Schofield Middle School are, are doing the work. It was an amazing time. I was at... Um, we were doing a cookout for the teachers a couple weeks ago and we had our Love Strong shirts on. And it was so cool to see some of the special ed teachers here at Schofield pull me aside and they said, can we get a Love Strong shirt? Because we live that every day, loving on these students strong. That, 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 that's, how, that's a church and a school working together, amen? That's our location. I want us to take a moment to pray for our city. And when you pray for your city, pray for your neighbors. Pray for your coworkers. Pray for your teammates, your coaches. Not just pray for saved people. Pray for people that are far from God. Pray them into the kingdom. We want to pray for our city. We want to pray for our, our nation. Do you know that we have a calling to pray for our nation? I want to show it to you out of 1 Timothy chapter 2. Paul writes to this young church planner, Timothy, and he says, first of all, right? That means the first thing. First of all, I urge that supplications prayers, intercessions. Basically, he says, whatever you want to call it, just do it. <laughs> Thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings, and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Our, our version of a king is, is our president, our government. Now, I, I don't believe that politics need to shape the church. I believe that the church needs to shape everything. Right? The Bible needs to inform all of our decisions. Right? And, 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 and the, the Bible doesn't conform to culture. Culture conforms to the Bible. But we need to pray for that. Right? We have a mandate whether we agree or disagree on policy, on structure, on who's elected into what. Here's what we need to know. We, we serve a king that's even above kings. And we know him. His name's Jesus. And we have a calling to turn our complaints into our prayers and say, Lord, would you move upon us and on our governor, on our mayor, on our president, on our vice president, on those who are in authority. I want to pray for my boss. I want to pray for my boss's boss. I want to pray for all types of people that may have a level of authority because at the end of the day, their authority has a lid on it and above that is King Jesus. And if we can just go to him and get serious about our prayer life and pray for our city and nation, I believe we'll see God do something here in miraculous ways. We'll do it. We'll do it. Here's how I know it. In the book of First Chronicles, God himself says, if my people will humble themselves and pray, I will heal their land. Would you come into agreement? Does our land need healing? Does our nation need healing? Does our city need healing? Did we not have 58 people pass away a couple months ago due to a mass shooting? Do we need healing, church? Our city still feels that. People come and go, but we feel that. We have people that work at hospitals in our church. People that work at hotels in our church. The principal here at Schofield Middle School 
is concerned about this school as they've heard threats and things like that. May she know that with confidence we're behind them praying for them. Yeah. Peter, go ahead and share it. That's right. for walk church let's we got some amazing churches in our city let's start praying right now for our city i'm going to lead us and then we're going to sing a song of worship and let's just go to the lord right now and pray for our city pray for our nation and pray for churches all around us father god we come before you we worship your holy name we bless your holy name we lift it up and we set it apart and now we ask you god would you bless this church Would you use each and every person that's seated here today to make an impact in this city? God, we pray for Governor Sandoval, God. We pray for our mayor, Lord God. We pray for people that are in high seats and authority. We pray for Principal Nepp right here at Schofield. We pray for our teachers and administrators here. We pray for churches all across the valley. God, we pray for our Sending Church Hope Church. We pray for Central Christian Church, God. We pray for Church LV, Lord God. We pray for City Light Church, God. We pray for Relentless Church, Lord God. We pray for Oasis Church, Lord God. We pray across the denominations, Lord. We pray for Lutheran churches and Methodist churches and Presbyterian churches, God. We pray that the church would rise up and make an impact. May there be a ripple effect, God. We pray for FCA in Las Vegas. We pray that more athletes would come to know Jesus and invite more athletes to come to know Jesus. We pray for coaches. We pray for Coach Erky at Del Sol High School. We pray for George Hernandez meeting with the coaches and Matt P being a part of that time and different people making an impact in our city God come on church we lift this up right now just pray for your different co-workers right now if you want to pray out loud you can pray for your family God I pray for our neighbors that they would come to Easter service God I pray for people that we love close to us relatives people that don't know Jesus in our lives God we need a move from you Lord God we pray for our nation right now God we pray for our president right now God, he needs a word from you, God. May he have ears that hear and a softened heart to repent from sin and turn to you, God. We, We trust you with him, God. We pray for our vice presidents, God. We pray for our governors across our land. Heal our land. Pray those words with me, church, right now. Just say, heal our land. Lord, heal our land. And heal us first, God. Healed people, healed people. Free people, free people. Hurt people, hurt people, God. We need to be healed. 
So as we get ready to sing, God, we lead into this time of prayer, Lord. And we know that we know that we know that you're the God of this city. You're the God of this nation. You're the God of this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go ahead and respond in worship. Feel free to stand in this time. God blesses us. It is written, we are blessed to be a blessing. Right? Not a, a, a uh, container, but a conduit. A funnel. Right? Not a reservoir. Amen. If one claps, we all clap. Amen. Before we go farther, I want to thank our Pastor Hyden, my Pastor Hyden, on behalf of the whole church. We thank God for your life. We thank God for the calling and the anointing that's on your life. We thank God for your submission to Christ and the example you are to us. Thank you. Thank you for leading us today. Amen. Thank you, our pastor and our brother. God blesses us. The blessed life is the life where God is working on your behalf. Who wants the blessed life? But we are blessed to be a blessing. We just learned recently, if you want God to bless you, then resolve in advance and tell God what will you do with that blessing. Right? God, if, if you, God says to us, if you will, I will. We can also say back, if you will, I will. God, you bless me and I'm blessing it. The seed I receive is the seed I will sow. Thank you, Lord. Amen? God blesses us so we can be a blessing. We are, we are blessed because he's working on our behalf so that he can work in and through us so that, in our modern day vernacular, so that all the ends of the earth, all means, in our vernacular again, that means everyone everywhere may fear him. Yes, it means to reverence him, to be in awe of him. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God our Father. Amen? Amen. That is to fear the Lord. It's also to take him seriously. Yes. Right? To fear him. God blesses us so he can bless this world. Jesus said, I came so I can ransom everyone. Yes. That's why I came. We're going to pray for the nations. Some of you know that my holy wife, your sister Siham and I, we, uh, we started doing short-term missions over 20 years ago. 30 mission trips around the world. God then called us into full-time missions. We lived in Africa full-time. Amazing. We saw God do amazing things in and through us, but actually in spite of me. That was amazing. He's still doing it. But how did that happen? One of the first things that happened was we were talking to missionary friends. What do you need? How can we help? And they said, well, we always need money, but we're going to invest the money in the kingdom, and then we're going to need more. What we need is you. We need you. So Sihan and I said, ah, us? And they were like, well, yeah, you or someone like you. We want some, we want some fat people. Walk Church is full of fat people. Faithful, available, teachable. Hey! <laughs> Hayden, Pastor Hayden is fat <laughs> and I'm getting fatter because of you 
Pastor Hyden told me I got four minutes, but you know, I, I'm basically an African. That means 40. But, uh, so. <laughs> don't give that guy a microphone. Yeah, so, but we went home. Okay, what do we do? God opened his word to us deeper. We began to hear from God more from his word, from our circumstances, directly into our thought life. But one of the things we heard was from Matthew 9, Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are ask therefore, which means pray that the Lord of the harvest will send more workers into his harvest field. That's the world. The amazing, so we started praying that prayer. Hmm. We heard from the Lord. I've heard your prayer and I've done something. I sent my son. What are you going to do? Whew. Matthew 9, Luke 9, it's the same thing. Ask the Lord of the harvest. The next thing Jesus does, he sends them out into the world. You want, that's a good prayer. Now I'm going to use you to answer the prayer. We don't just pray here. We make ourselves available. God, if you'd use me to answer that prayer. Amen? So here's that's the first step in, in engaging the nations is pray. Give and get involved. So we began to pray. That's how God changed our lives. He opened our minds to what he was doing, what he was inviting us to join him in doing. The Titanic. You all know the story of the Titanic. The Titanic was unsinkable. 1,500 people perished that night. Maiden voyage. But you know, the most tragic thing was there were enough lifeboats for everybody. But the people who got in the lifeboats first refused to accept other people into their lifeboats even though there was space for them. We were afraid they're going to tip the boat over. No. And they let people drown while they sat in safety. We're in the lifeboat. And this world is drowning. What are you going to do? What are we going to do? We are his people. He came to ransom, seek and save that which was lost. That's us. He brought us in. We're in. But most are out. 92% of Las Vegas is still outside the boat. They're drowning. In this world right now, as of yesterday, 7.47 7.4 billion people in the world. 3.4 of them are unreached. 7,000 unreached people groups in this world today. With all modern technology, language, 7,000 unreached people groups. This world is drowning. So we pray with a purpose. We're in the boat. And we're going to take as many with us as we can, right? That's our purpose. We know God. And we're knowing Him more. We have found freedom. We know our purpose. And the, the way we make a difference is to join Him in His mission. Jesus gave us two marching orders. I'll close with this. He said, love one another like I loved you. He said, I think I know how to love. I don't know. That's why He said, love like me. And if you love one another like I love you, all men will know you are my disciples. That's, that's marching order number one. Number two is 
go. You see, therefore, right? What's it there for? In light of everything I've done and everything I've told you, here's your action step. Therefore, go into all the world. That actually means in your going. In Africa, we, we would say, in your going and coming. When you go and come, be a disciple and join God in making more disciples. Go into all the world, make more disciples. Teach them, baptize them. And he said, I'll be with you. You want God's presence? Then be in alignment with him. Get with his program. Then you have his blessing. You have his presence. He works in and through. We all want that. So today's a day of response. Not just with word, but in action. The posture. Prayer is to adjust my heart, the posture of my heart with you, Lord. Not my will, your will. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Be disciples. Love each other. That's my strategy. It'll be irresistible. We don't even have to market that. It's not by promotion. It's by attraction. Come on. Now, in your lifestyle, everywhere you go, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, here, there, and everywhere, be a disciple and be fat, faithful, available, and teachable. Join God in making more disciples. Pastor Hyden. I'm going to let you lead us in the prayer for the nations. Amen. Maybe you know somebody in Africa. Maybe you know somebody in London. Maybe you know somebody in Kenya. I'm thinking of our church planning partner in Tanzania, Tokiko. I'm thinking about brothers and sisters that Nina and I met in Israel. Maybe you know somebody in Russia. Maybe you know somebody in Canada. Maybe you have family globally. Right now, pray for that person by name. God, we lift up the nations to you, God. You've blessed us so that all the nations may know you and fear you, God. So, Lord, we pray for global impact. God, you are the God of the nations, Lord. In Revelation 5, every tribe, tongue, and nation will gather around the throne to worship you, Lord. So, God, greater things are yet to come. And greater things are still to be done in our world. And I thank you that you're the Lord of it, Father God. And God, I thank you that you're with us, Lord. And God, that you, you're not just about this place. You're about all places. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Really quick, raise your hand if you know somebody globally somebody come on right praise God we we need to be praying for God's activity not just locally but globally I'm gonna lead us into our last two prayer focuses pretty quick here Jesus continues to go in his prayer Matthew 6 11 through 12 he says give us this day our daily bread uh, forgive us our debts as we've also forgiven our debtors this third prayer focus is what we would call supplication so adoration location and now supplication supplication is kind of a bigger biblical word but the definition of supplication is simply this beg ask go after it with zeal with energy urgent there's like breaking all over that type of prayer right like exclamation points there's casual prayer and then there's supplication this third one, supplication, 
lends itself to this prayer that Jesus calls us to pray in Matthew 6, 11 through 12. He says, give us this day our daily bread. In other words, present your physical needs to God in prayer. Think about all the physical needs you have. Maybe it's food. Maybe it's clothing. Maybe it's rent and mortgages and financial needs and different, whatever your physical needs are. Jesus says, pray about those things. And he continues and he says, and forgive us our debts, our sins, as we've also forgiven our debtors, those who have sinned against us. Jesus says, I want to provide for you physically and I want to provide for you spiritually. Bring them both to him. It's a prayer of confession. If you just go ahead and confess it, God will bless it, right? First John chapter one, verse nine. Let me show it to you on the screen. First John one, nine says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful. Everybody say faithful and just. Everybody say just. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you just confess it. I want to lead us into a time of confession now. A time of making your needs known to God physically and confessing your needs to him spiritually. And sometimes you need to confess it to somebody else just to receive healing. James 5.16 says, confess your sins to one another and be healed for the prayer of a righteous person produces much, has great power as it's working. Let me remind you, confessing your sin to one another is never for forgiveness. I just showed you that. Jesus is the only one who can forgive. But if you want to be healed, if you want to experience a healing, Jesus says, well, why don't you just share it? Why don't you release that poison from your mouth that's been in your heart? Confess your sins, be prayed for, and walk out of here free. Walk out of here healed. I've done that. I continue to do that. I, can, I, I believe in healing so much, I intentionally ask people to ask me questions about st struggle in my life just so I can walk in healing. I don't got time for anything else. And so I want to lead us into uh, one more time of, of prayer. And um, this is going to be a prayer of confession. This is going to be a prayer of need. This is going to even be a prayer of protection. Prayer of protection. Jesus closes the Lord's prayer with the last verse saying this. In Matthew 6, he says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation. Lead us away from evil. Deliver us. Jesus calls us to pray for deliverance. Amen? And so I want to lead us into this last time of prayer. We're going to sing a couple songs. We're going to, we're going to sing about coming to God for, for his arms are open wide. We're going to sing about resurrection power and how Jesus has resurrected us to, to deliver us. And as we sing, I'm going to invite all our prayer warriors down. This will be our last time of prayer and response. And if you need to come down for anything, maybe you don't want to pray with somebody, you just want to get alone here at the altar. Maybe you just want to go to the sides here and just pray by yourself. This wouldn't be a time to slip out the back. As we sing, I want to encourage you. This is Palm Sunday, y'all. This is Prayer Sunday. If you need to come down, maybe you want to grab somebody sitting next to you and just say, would you pray with me? Maybe you look at the person next to you and say, how can I pray for you? Don't make it awkward. Don't make it uncomfortable. Let's just be Jesus right here. Let's just be, let's walk in freedom right here. And let us go to him in prayer. Let's pray for protection. Let's pray for our needs. 
Let's confess things to him today and let's walk out of here right with God before we close our service off today. Amen. Father God, we come before you in one more time of prayer. As you said, this is the Father's house and your house is a house of prayer. So right now, if people need to confess sin to you, give them the freedom to do it. God, you said you've forgiven us. Now we need to forgive. Maybe we have relationships we need to make right. Maybe we've slandered somebody today. Or this week, we've spoken negatively about somebody's character. Maybe you viewed something you shouldn't have watched. Maybe sexually sinful and you need to get that out of your life. Maybe you've been a thief. Maybe you've been robbing. Maybe you've been robbing God with your finances and you've been, you've been lacking in that area and you know he's calling you to do something different. Maybe, maybe you've just been a standstill believer and you've been on the sideline but you need to get in the game. Maybe you've compromised. Maybe you've failed. Well, there's a good news for you today. You can bring it to him and walk out of here healed, forgiven, cleansed. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Whatever it is that's on your heart today, bring it to him now as we sing. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Prayer warriors are down here. Amen.